0: You're listening to the Strong Towns Podcast.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Week Ahead Podcast with Chuck and Rachel. We had an eventful week, uh, last week and we actually got to see each other, which is a pretty rare thing. Um, but first Chuck, you had an an event in Traverse city, um, busy time for you. Tell me about your thoughts on last week.
0: Yeah, I flew into Traverse city on Wednesday afternoon and I have to say I was, I was expecting it to be nice. I was expecting to like it. Uh, I was blown away. What a, what a fantastic place. And I think the thing about it that really captured me was not so much the place, which was great, but the, the staff, the people there, um, Mm -hmm. I I wrote, I, you know, (laughs) I got a tour of the city from an engineer who was obsessing about traffic calming and how to get, you know, people across the street. It was, uh, it was, I kept saying, wait a sec, you're the, you're the city engineer here. And yeah, it, Throughout the entire staff, they have, you know, from the, the, the leadership on the city council and the mayor, who I got to meet, uh, all the way down to, you know, just uh, the the regular staff people that I got to hang out with. What a fantastic group of forward-thinking people. I, I really, you know, I... I I think we often don't give staff enough credit. I can be kind of hard on cities sometimes and the way they get stuck in things. Here's a group of people I think we can all learn a lot from. I was, I was really, really impressed with uh, their attitude and their approach and a lot of the stuff that they had done. And, and the results were there for everyone to see. Traverse City is a fantastic place.
1: And we were doing this event there because they won our 2017 Strongest Town Contest. So it sounds like that was uh, a true moniker to put on them. And I know that you presented the Strongest Town Award to them. So I'm sure that was a nice moment. Um, it looked like they were pretty excited.
0: Actually, it was a great moment. It's it's always humbling uh, to be able to go out and and meet places and, and chat with people, uh, you know, to be able to stand up there and give them that award and talk about you know how much it meant to us, but then again how much it meant to them uh, all of that you know was 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 fantastic uh, here 's a city that I think truly deserves it, and I also think truly appreciates it. Uh, they had a great banner up in the middle of their main street through town, and uh, you know people were were really complimentary. We did the curbside chat, and the reaction was really good. So, yeah, it, it it's a it's a great experience. I just love my job when I can do things like that.
1: And one thing I remember that you mentioned uh, when when we all met up as a staff in Chicago the next day was that you were impressed by how many people were outside in Traverse City just walking and going to local businesses, and it was just a random Wednesday night that you were there. So that is that is pretty impressive to hear.
0: When we talk about the strength test and you know, one of the first items on there being, are there more people than cars? At, at, if you took a, a snapshot at noon on your main street in town, would there be more people than cars? And in my hometown here, which is the center of a, a tourist region, uh, the, the answer is a definitive no. I mean, not even not even arguably close Traverse City, which actually had a lot of the same kind of tourism demographics in a way. Uh, the answer is an overwhelming yes. I mean, it it was, I was, I was, I was just amazed with not only on main street, but just throughout the entire community, how many people were walking, how many people were biking, uh, the, the place was just alive with activity. It was, it was astounding.
1: So the next day you, well, you kind of drove overnight (laughs) to get to Chicago and we, (laughs) uh, me, Kia and Max and Chuck all met up uh, just at a hotel in Chicago uh, and got a bunch of work done in a very short amount of time, um, which was great. It's always good to see you guys. It's always helpful. I wasn't too tired. We got to meet up with some members as well. Yeah, no, I think you are well uh, experienced in getting by on very little sleep. (laughs) (laughs) That was evidenced. Um, yeah, so we got to meet up with some members. We had dinner at a member's house, which was incredibly generous and very nice. Uh, and then we headed to a local pub to meet up with some other members. So it was, it was cool to be able to see those. I know Chuck gets to see members all the time, but I don't get to encounter them in my daily life very much. Um, so we, yeah, met a lot of cool folks. Thanks to everyone who They're came pretty- out
0: a pretty special breed of people right yeah um, yeah it's fun to chat and you know the next day i spoke at that transport chicago thing we had people stand up during the q and a and say i'm a member and then ask their question and awesome. that was awesome yeah that was so cool so yeah so how
1: was that uh chicago transport chicago event yeah
0: transport chicago uh, it, it was it was really great it's interesting because i'm i'm finding myself doing uh more um let's just call them like off the cuff kind of presentations. Um you know <laughs> instead of the curbside you you chat I spent
1: 10 hours preparing or something.
0: Um no I I've done the I mean I've done the curbside chat like I I've, I would estimate like 250 times now maybe yeah. even more than that. Wow. And the, I, I change things up a little bit, and obviously it's grown and changed. If you saw it a year ago, it's it's different today. Although if you saw it three years ago, it's radically different today. Um, I'm always trying to add stuff and change things, but the, the basic core message doesn't change all that much. But every now and then I get a thing like this Transport Chicago where you know the focus is on transportation – Um, yet they wanted kind of curbside chat stuff, but they wanted it in a very short period of time with a lot of Q and a, so the the thing I kind of struggled with was, okay, how do I give them, uh, because this was also an audience that included, you know, Chicago people, so deeply urban people, as Mm -hmm. well as like distant suburbs, people like exurb kind of stuff. So it, it, it crossed a, a huge cross section of of, of people who deal with transportation issues. And so, yeah, you wind up, uh, mixing things up and really kind of taking a different swing at it. And it went over really well. I've never had a Q and a session end because, you know, this was at a conference and they needed to have the next session. We went, we went 15 minutes over. Not because of me, but because of the the questions and they the people running it let it go. Mm-hmm. And then when we were done answering questions, there was this groan from the audience. No. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, I thought, okay, well, that's that's an affirmation of sorts. People are into it. And yeah, uh, yeah it was uh, long lines afterwards and I, I almost missed my plane. It was so cool.
1: Well, if you're listening to this and you were at that event and had a question that didn't get asked, we have two different Q and A opportunities next week that are going to be one of them is going to be on Facebook live the other one is going to be um, on our website and on YouTube so I will post information about that but keep an eye out for that um, if you have questions and even if you weren't at that event obviously all questions about strong towns are welcome and we, we hope to see you guys on those webcasts next week. On that note, I'd like to welcome newest members of the Strong Towns Movement. Matthew Bradison of Lahaina, Hawaii, Brent Isaacs of Tulsa, Oklahoma, Kevin Ngo of Chicago, Illinois, Roy Prince of Oxnard, California, Natalie Smith of Tolono, Illinois, and Quint Studer of Pensacola, Florida. Thank you guys, and welcome to the Strong Towns Movement.
0: Yes, thank you. Really appreciate it.
1: So, next week, or sorry, this week you have uh, several more events per usual. Um, one is a hometown event as part of Brainerd History Week, which is tomorrow. Are you excited for that one?
0: I, I am excited. I actually what are you talking about.
1: I don't. Um, know.
0: I'm not totally sure yet, but <laughs> we'll make it work. Uh, uh, one of the neighborhoods in the city, southeast Brainerd, is the the neighborhood next to the rail yard. And that was where most of the old, you know, in the olden days, uh, the rail workers lived. And it's kind of one of our more economically depressed neighborhoods in a, in a city that's kind of economically depressed. But this is one of the, uh, one of the more struggling neighborhoods. There's a neighborhood school there that's kind of an anchor that the school board now is proposing to tear, to get rid of and, you know, build a new school out on the edge of town. Mm-hmm. So, uh, they just lost in the last year, the last grocery, the last neighborhood grocery store, uh, this little tiny grocery store that it was there when I was a kid. I actually, w- when I was born, my parents lived in this neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the grocery store was there. It was, there was at one point nine grocery stores in this neighborhood. I know this cause I've had to research it for my talk. Uh, yeah. there's now, there's now zero. And uh, if you've ever seen the, the curbside chat, uh, I often show this photo of a desire path towards the end where people are walking along the side of the road. And, and so many people are walking there. They've worn a path. Um, that is the basically the connection from this neighborhood that is part of the focus to the other parts of town. So I, I'm going to talk about why the neighborhood is there, uh, why it's built the way it is. I I kind of feel like my role here in the community is to help people who are interested understand, you know, what is great about this neighborhood and how it could be great again if Mm -hmm. we just had a different approach, Um, you know, and and maybe a little bit of why our current approach has not been good for this neighborhood. Why running a highway through the middle of it and you know making it all car oriented and getting rid of all the businesses why why this has not been why the shortcut to walmart uh, that ends in this <laughs> this neighborhood was maybe not like the best economic move it's a fine line to walk because you've you've got to be like incessantly positive in something like this um mm-hmm. no one appreciates you pointing out the the hard things um but this is the second year I've been asked to speak at Brainerd History Week, so I, I must have been okay last year.
1: Well, that should be fun to be speaking in your hometown. Then later this week, you're heading to Atlanta, Georgia for FeeCon. Um, yeah. And that is hosted by the Foundation for Economic Education. And the particular track that Chuck is speaking in is also hosted by Market Urbanism, which is, I would say, good friends of strong towns. They have an excellent blog, and we sometimes um, post stuff from their writers as well. So that track is called Urbanism, Development in Your Neighborhood. And Chuck is speaking as part of a couple of different events. Um, I'm excited to hear about how this one goes. It sounds like a really interesting conference.
0: Yeah. These are kind of like my people in a way. And yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm very interested in seeing how it goes. They, they asked me uh, last week if I wanted to speak in this five minute thing about my, I think it was like my favorite regulation or my least favorite regulation.
1: It's I called can't... lightning round decoding the worst urban regulations.
0: Yeah. 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 So I'm actually, um, going to take it like, I it's one thing to get up and like play to the crowd. Right. Um, that's generally not me. So I'm actually mm-hmm. going to do one on height regulations, which a, a lot of the people that are in the market urbanist group uh, think that um, those kind of regulations are actually not. You know, we shouldn't have height regulations. There shouldn't be yeah. any. It should be more. And and I'm going to make a case that there should be for market reasons. So yeah. I'm kind of looking forward to that, and I'm I'm just looking forward to being there and hearing from uh, the other presenters. This is one of those things where, you know, I I love going to CNU. Uh, I mm-hmm. haven't gone to like an APA con- conference for more than a decade, um, but I you know uh, some there's a, there's a there's a little bit of like okay I've I've heard a lot of these presentations. I maybe get more from hanging out uh, with people, you know, just talking than I do actually the sessions. But I think this is one where the stuff is so fresh and, and new for me and, and I think for others that uh, I'm I'm actually looking forward to being an attendee.
1: Yeah, it looks like a lot of really cool people are speaking. And if you are in the Atlanta area um, on Thursday, June 15th at 7.30 p.m., we're doing a little Strong Towns member meetup. You don't have to be going to FECON to attend, um, so I'll post the info about that, but please join us if you are uh, around Atlanta. We have
0: a lot of members in the Atlanta area, so that would be, uh, that'd be great to see everybody out.
1: So let's talk about the article you published today, The Power of Growing Incrementally. I know this has been in the works for a while now, and you, I think, worked with Josh McCarty at Urban Three on some of this the stuff that's part of this series, which is going to go on throughout the week. So yeah, how are you feeling about this first article?
0: Well, Josh is helping me like think through things, like he always does. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think his, some of his some of Urban Three's work will appear later in the week. Um, I'm I'm I've been struggling with this one for a long time, and I, I, I acknowledge in the article that when I have visited places like Austin and Portland last year, um, they don't make any sense to me and it's it's not that like the urban form doesn't make sense there's parts of Portland that are just beautiful, and there's you know it, they work really well and it's it's fantastic um there's parts of Austin where you can say the same thing like this is really a great neighborhood, this is really working well but the the bulk of it and Portland you know when you get outside of that that core when you get out to the the neighborhoods um mm-hmm. i I described last fall riding the uh the rail line out. To the edge and just looking around it, it, it it was like a bizarre situation to me. It didn't make a lot of sense. Josh has, actually has a good way of describing this. H- have you ever seen the spiders on drugs uh, thing? Did I, I show that so. to you? No. It, go, to, go to Google sometime and search for spiders on drugs. And what you see is th- this experiment that people did. I, I I don't know who did this, but they uh, they have a regular spider web. And then they show what a spider web looks like when the spider is like on caffeine or on LSD or on marijuana. And Hmm. it's just like this whacked out spider web. Like it doesn't, you know, it doesn't make sense. And you can put yourself in the mind of this spider, like living on this web going, you know, this isn't working real well. um, And it doesn't really, you know, catch flies the way that it should. And I'm, I'm, I'm not, it's not working well, but being kind of unable to explain why. And I kind of feel like we live in a drunk spider in a, you know, spiders on drugs kind of world. Like the web that we live in is all distorted. It doesn't make much sense, but it seems like real natural to us because we don't really know anything else. So I've been struggling with how to explain this. How do I explain it? And I, 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 I focus on this incremental part because that's what people push back the most on. Last fall, when I was talking about Portland. And yeah. so I said, I, I have to be able to explain this in a way that uh, I think is going to make sense to people. So there's a, there's a little bit of math, there's some ratios, there's some equations that are coming tomorrow. Uh, but then later in the week, we're going to get to some examples, uh, such as Charleston, mm-hmm. where uh, you know I, I'm focusing on the, in the incremental development, the relationship between the land value and the improvement value that's made on it. And tomorrow I'm going to make the case that, you know, uh, in a in a new development in a, a healthy ratio is somewhere around 9 to 1. Um, you know, $9 of improvement to $1 of land. So, if you've got a $10,000 lot, you build a $100,000 home. If you have a $100,000 lot, you build a million dollar home. Uh we actually have places in this country such as Charleston, which is an amazing, amazing place, but the core of historic Charleston, where you actually have the land being two or three times worth uh, what is actually built upon it. this This is a situation that is unnatural and would not exist historically. It only exists today because of the way we have distorted the relationship between what is built on land and what land is actually worth. And that's what I'm exploring this week. And I, I, I think the topic is utterly fascinating. And I hope by the end of the week, people have a deeper grasp of, of why, why spreading things out and driving land values down has created a lot of growth for this country, but has also hurt our resiliency, our adaptability, and uh, our ability to, to, to build places that endure.
1: So I'm guessing that the topic of the cost of housing and affordable housing issues are, are going to be part of this conversation as they were in our, in our Portland series from last year. I, I think, yes,
0: I haven't quite figured out. I mean, yes, but I'm, I'm not exactly sure how yet. I but think that
1: you're going to explain why New York city is so unaffordable.
0: <laughs> well, what, what you wind up with in this spiders on drugs kind of world that we live in is the the crazy situation where you have people upset about gentrification and really this like obsession about it. But then you have this whole other group of people saying, you know, what's the, like, what's the alternative? What, you know, what, what we have all these neighborhoods in deep, deep decline. We have far more neighborhoods in decline than we have neighborhoods gentrifying. Um, Mm -hmm. Why, why is that? You know, what, why do we have so much affordable housing across this country But, you know, people who can't find affordable housing, why is this? And I think, you know, I had Richard Florida on a a few weeks back and he talks about, you know, the agglomeration in these, you know, mega regions and how people want to be there. And I've been to those places. And to me, that like is an inadequate explanation. So I'm trying to get granular down to the block level and explain the actual mechanisms that have caused us to be in this kind of crazy spot where you literally have a country awash in affordable housing. um, Yet, you know, no one can find affordable housing and we are supposedly, you know, gentrifying people out. I I just I I, I, yeah, that's a it's a bizarre outcome that really can't be explained uh, in any type of system that makes sense.
1: Well, I'm looking forward to reading the rest of this this week, and I'm sure the comment sections will be lively. So they, they always are. Jump in if you have some thoughts and opinions.
0: Hey, I want to mention one other thing.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, we talked about uh, me going to FECON. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm not coming home after that. Do you where know where I'm? Are I'm are going, going. Then I'm going to Calgary.
1: Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. That's yeah. I am flying from Atlanta.
0: Man to Calgary. Yep. And, uh, and giving a talk there okay. and, um, and I'm not, I'm not gonna be home till Sunday. Uh, Thank so you. I have a, I have a really long week this week.
1: So what's happening in Calgary? I forgot.
0: And, you know what? I brought that up cause I have it on my calendar. And then I realized that you would ask me what's going on in Calgary. <laughs> and I don't rightly know. Um, well,
1: I will tell you, you are, uh, giving two presentations at the national urban planning conference for the Canadian oh, Institute of Planners. Um, I knew that one about uh, one that'll be like more of a keynote, a kind of curbside chat focused, and then um, one that will delve further into those issues. So sounds, yeah, sounds interesting. Canada trips are always fun. I think, I don't know. It's interesting to me because when I read an article about Canadian towns, they're, you know they're almost indistinguishable many times from american towns but there are also some subtle differences in perspective and policy so yeah i find that i find that fascinating and i i love that we have this connection with um so many canadian members and writers for us and that you get to speak in canada
0: i think this is about my do- i i think i've been to canada a dozen times about you know speaking and yeah i always go there and find not only very similar situations, but I think in many ways that Canada feels to me like Minnesota feels like Southern Canada sometimes yeah. in terms of like the culture. And I just, I, I find it very easy to be in Canada. I I feel, I feel like these are my people in a sense. And it's very easy to have a conversation with them because we almost start from similar value sets and, and, and similar kind of framing.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: yeah, i have I was in Calgary last year with my family on vacation. Oh, okay. uh, we went through Calgary. Yeah, and I didn't get to spend a lot of time there. So I'm. I'm looking. I'm actually looking forward to that aspect of, uh, of the trip too. I love Canadian cities, and it's one I haven't had a chance to explore yet.
1: And to tie it back to our early conversation about Traverse City, um, there was another Canadian town that made it to the final uh, round of our Strongest Town contest this year, which was Guelph, Ontario. And um, I know you mentioned that at your Traverse City uh, event, you learned that Guelph and Traverse City are are thinking about becoming sister cities and have developed this cool relationship and friendship. I even saw a photo on Twitter about uh, Traverse City sent Guelph a pie. So... I thought that was uh, that was pretty cool to see those connections being made as part of our contest.
0: I think it's – I mean wh- whoever thought I, – I just think it's amazing that uh, all these people are connecting around Strongtown's ideas and actually saying like, look, we have this commonality. Uh, let's continue this conversation. And I'm – yeah, I was blown away by that. Uh, Guelph is a pretty fantastic place too mm-hmm. and I kind of feel bad that I, I have not had a chance to get there. Joe – Minikosi did some modeling for them and spent some time there and and could not speak more highly of a place. So, yeah, the fact that they and Traverse City are getting to be BFFs now is pretty awesome, isn't Mm
1: -hmm. it? So what's been on your reading list lately? We talked a lot uh, at our staff meeting about the uh, Homo Deus. We did. Uh, which we've discussed on a couple of past podcasts. Maybe, uh, we talked enough about that during the staff meeting, but anything else that's been on your reading list lately?
0: Well, I had that five hour overnight drive Mm -hmm. and, uh, those kind of things, you either have to have a really, really compelling nonfiction book or you have to go fiction. And so, uh, so I wasn't going to take i was down to like one credit left on my account for the month so i got a i got another jack reacher novel i think Mm. i'm on i think i'm on 17 now um so i'm i'm getting near the end of what has been written uh but yeah i listened to that on the way and it kept me awake and it was fantastic and then i finished it on the way home and uh you know what i didn't read this weekend i i started a new book i can't remember the name of it though it's a it's a it's one of the series of like uh, about early Christianity history. Mm. Um, it's a new one that came in the mail last week, but I'm I'm only like two chapters in. So,
1: well, we will close it out for today, and I have to say um, bye for a couple of weeks because I'm going on a nice long vacation. Um, so we might not have week ahead podcast. I don't know, Chuck. Are you gonna make Kia do it with you?
0: Um, well, the thing is, is that next week we've got some stuff you know we're going to have lots of podcasts next week true um and they won't be week ahead podcasts uh and then the week after uh you'll be back at some point so i don't know yeah maybe maybe uh maybe i'll do it solo what about that it <laughs> so, won't be nearly as cool you said you're gone next week what are you gone what, why are you gone next week uh,
1: I, think this, wanna, I think people want
0: to i think uh, people want to know rachel
1: okay this friday i'm getting married very exciting Yay. and then A couple days after that, heading out on a fantastic honeymoon to three different cities in Spain, Madrid, Seville, and Granada. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, Neither of us have been to Spain before. That's been on our list for a long time. So I'll probably have some pictures and reflections to share afterwards about how awesome Spain is.
0: I, uh, I got to chat with you about it this last weekend, but uh, I think all of our listeners are going to be as happy for you as, as I am and others. So uh, I hope you uh, you enjoy the, the rest of the week and get out of here without too much stress. And um, don't worry about us. We got it.
1: Thanks. Yeah, I know you guys do.
0: <laughs> well, you, no, we do because you've already done all the work.
1: <laughs> I'll set you up for success.
0: (laughs) You have, you've set us up for success. Everybody should, everybody listening should understand that, uh, the only reason this all sounds even halfway presentable is because of Rachel, which is true. I'm not just saying that, uh, if it were left up to me, there would be, there would be no podcast. And if there was, it would sound terrible. So thank you, Rachel. Enjoy your time. And please, if you find yourself thinking about us, just stop and, uh, Oh, I will. Come back. Come back with, come back, like, be in the moment and don't think about us. We'll still be here when you get back.
1: Sounds good. All right. All right, everyone, take care and have a great rest of your week. We need your help. If you think the Strong Towns message is important, don't keep it to yourself. Pass it on. You can get more information and sign up to be a member of Strong Towns at strongtowns.org.